Welcome to the Creative Empire Podcast. Each week, Raina Pomeroy, the life and biz success coach, and Christina Scalera, the attorney for creatives, are taking you up close and personal with successful influencers in the creative community and tackling your biggest business hurdles. Their mission is to help you, creative entrepreneurs, think beyond your daily biz so you can make the brave decisions that build your creative empire. Welcome back to another episode of the Creative Empire Podcast. Rayma and I are joined today by Bridget Lyons, who is the founder of the boutique PR and digital marketing agency, B, where she helps emerging brands, authors, and experts get known for their work. While her roots are in traditional PR, in the past couple of years, Bridget has shifted the focus of her agency to focus almost entirely on podcasts, because when it comes to audience engagement, there is no media opportunity out there that rivals podcasts right now. Couldn't agree with you more, Bridget. <laughs> While her company is best known for repping author entrepreneurs like Being Boss, Amber Ray, and Danielle Laporte, they have also worked with clients who have had little to no media coverage and gotten them on top podcasts like EO Fire, What Works, and yes, Creative Empire. <laughs> so on top of her agency leadership, Bridget is passionate about teaching you how to do your own press outreach. And that's why she's joined us today to talk about how you can book podcast interviews for your own business. Thank you so much for coming on to the show, Bridget. I have to tell all of you guys before we welcome her in officially, she gave us the best pitch that we have ever seen on the show. And I begged to work with her for a few months because she didn't have room. So welcome, Bridget. I, I just wanted to let them know that you are just truly amazing. Oh my God. Thank you so much. I have to say that like, just knowing how that came about that I pitched you a couple of different clients and then you said yes. And by the way, are you taking on more clients is like my biggest success story and brag moment ever. <laughs> I just love telling people about that. Oh my gosh. It's so funny because you really did. You had the best pitch I've seen come across my email. And I was like, oh my goodness, how do I work with this gal? And I remember you were really hesitant, which is totally fine and a good indication of where you were at with your business. But yeah, I mean, this is how you make connections, guys. It's like, this is real life right here. So you are here today because podcasts are really big right now. I mean, everybody's starting a podcast. Everybody's blogging. We didn't even talk about your education endeavors and things like that. You've done a ton of education about pitching and creating your own PR opportunities. If you don't have the budget for someone like your agency, B. So can you tell us a little bit about, you went from traditional agency work, and then you moved into your own company. Can you just give us like the 30 second flyby of how that happened and how you've chosen to focus on podcast interviews at this point in time and maybe a little bit of a background on why that is today? Yeah. So when I started my career, I went the very traditional route. I got an agency job. I worked at a couple of different, actually three different agencies in Chicago was a little bit of a job hopper slash corporate climber at that time. And so I was working my way up and I focused on public affairs, which is the branch of PR that focuses on like political advocacy work. So usually what happened is if you were a corporation who was trying to influence public policy, you would hire our agency and we would help you influence public opinion through the media. Right now, that sounds really sinister, right? <laughs> and that was sort of my experience, actually. I was way too young to be doing that work. I was seeing that the things that I was doing were showing up in the newspaper, on the radio, on TV. And 
it really hurt me. I'm always been a little bit of an activist at heart and it kind of hurt me to do that. And so I quickly decided that I needed to find an escape plan and transition where I could use those skills and bring them to people who could really use them in a way where they weren't being served. And at that time, you know, when I was thinking about this was about 10 years ago. So blogging was being a big thing. I was doing some guest posting for Holly Becker on Decorate. I did some guest posting on Design Sponge. I got really involved in that kind of creative entrepreneurial community that was just starting out at that time. And I was looking around me and saying like, wow, like there's so many people here who are doing this amazing work that nobody's ever heard of. What would it be like to take these tools that I was helping corporations with and actually help this community? And so that's really where this all started. I got my start at the very beginning, really focusing on kind of guest posts and online contributions because that was the hot game in town. That's where people were seeing growth. Early on, I had a guest post that brought 500 leads to my website, you know, within six months of starting out. So that's where everything was bubbling up. And what you see right now with all of these new media opportunities is that you have this moment in time where something like that emerges, like blogging emerged 10 years ago and everybody jumped in the game and we're seeing these amazing results. And then it starts to cool or stabilize, as you might imagine. And so the growth slows down. And so it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing it anymore, but it does mean that for me, as we were innovating as an agency, I've been doing this now for seven years, seven years ago is when I took the leap. I just started seeing podcasting as being the next kind of big thing. We did a few tests a couple of years ago with a couple of clients on top of more traditional media outreach, and the results totally blew me away. The kind of engagement that people get with podcasts is completely unparalleled. And there's actually some data now that backs that up. And the lead generation that people were getting was absolutely insane. I'm actually starting to see, I hate to say this, a little cooling of that effect. But what I'm seeing instead is actually, I think for most of us, even better. We look at list building a lot. But what happens with podcasts is that if you're on a show that's 45 minutes long, there's a data point that says that 85% of people who tune into a podcast are going to listen to that entire 45 minutes. So by the end of that, they are so ready to take the next step from you. And so you might not get as much list building as you did a couple of years ago, but what my clients are often seeing is that people come to their websites or come you know, to their platforms ready to buy. And so the conversion rates off of a podcast listener are you know, those percentage of people that listen and turn into buyers are much, much higher than any other kind of media. And so as long as I keep seeing those numbers, this is going to be the place that we're focused. I mean, I think we're biased in saying that we love podcasts and <laughs> we love our guests that come on as well. And I, I find that our statistics, looking at our statistics, most people do finish the episodes. So it's really interesting what you're saying. And from the podcaster perspective, I think that's absolutely spot on. And I think it's such a brave and bold move that you've niched down from the traditional kind of PR media stuff to focusing specifically on podcasting and spending your time there. I mean, like, well, your background is really interesting and like focusing on what you're doing now is totally different than what you were doing before. And I think that a lot of our creative entrepreneurs can understand that like trajectory of like work doing what works and like seeing what's happening in the moment. But how did it feel to make those kind of major transitions? Yeah. You know, it's so weird because it didn't feel that major to me. I mean, I was leaving PR and when I started my business, I wasn't doing what I was doing now, right? 
So when I left my job, I was really conservative and taking my leap. Like I was like, I need to have money in the bank before I do it. I married, my husband had a good job and I had already been blogging for, I think three years before I made that leap. So I already had an email list built up and some people that I was selling some packages to. So for me, it was actually a pretty smooth transition. I'm like, it, sometimes it looks brave to other people on the outside, but I'm definitely one of those people where it didn't happen overnight. I just steadily went out there, met people, built up my reputation, was doing guest posting then. I'm doing these podcast interviews now. And I've just kind of, it feels like I've always been around, like I'm an old timer. And so it just made it really smooth for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love the conservative approach and having those safeguards in place was critical. I know we've talked about like the financial stuff behind the scenes of starting a business before. I mean, it's hard, but I love PR because I think it was you that told me when we first started working together, obviously I'm, I'm paying you as my publicist or, or PR agent or whatever your official title is. <laughs> I don't want to call you the wrong thing, but it's free beyond that. So we're getting this organic free exposure. And even though I think influencers have done a really good job on Instagram, I mean, obviously you guys know, I love Jenna Kutcher and just like... Julie Solomon and just some other people that are out there that are influencers. I mean, Julie has the influencer podcast. So looking at influencers, they're doing a much better job nowadays and, and even sponsored posts on Instagrams. The Instagram ads you see are fantastic compared to where they used to be, just like really engaging posts and, and content. But there's still something to be said for this PR opportunity that you can either create for yourself if you're DIYing or with someone like Bridget. And it does result in those organic leads that help to build the business. And I think it makes transitions like the one you're talking about here, Bridget, way easier because yeah. all of a sudden you have this like flood of orders or people interested in your services and that's like the real critical factor on whether your business will succeed is if you are getting the right product or service in front of the right person. Yeah. I have a client right now who she's had an incredibly successful business model off of Facebook ads. So she does the Facebook funnel where, you know, you get served an ad, you go to a webinar and you get served or you get an opportunity to buy into a high price course at the end. And she has been just knocking it out of the park for about four years now. And we had this conversation where she's like, I'm going to have to do something else because Facebook ads are getting to be more and more expensive. And I'm not sure if in a couple of years, this is going to be a viable strategy for me anymore. And I think you'll see that same sort of thing with Instagram, where you have the social media where they'll kind of peak and fade and peak and fade. And one of the things you do get with PR, which nobody wants to hear me talk about, but you do get those organic backlinks to your website, which, you know, we are in the land of search engine algorithms and rankings and things like that. And even if people don't understand the technical, what have you behind it, what you can know is that whatever you do in PR, whether it is a traditional media placement, whether you write for entrepreneur, whether you're on a podcast, you're going to have that initial opportunity, that initial hit, you know, where people are hearing from you. And you're also going to have a link, usually from a very authoritative site, going back to your website. And that sort of thing is the kind of thing that over the long term of your business really builds you up. And so when I work with people with PR, I'm always really careful in how I talk about the results we get. Because you, know, you can do an interview and you can have 
hundreds of people coming over to your website all at once and have a flood. And that's great. But really what you're looking for with PR is a long-term growth strategy that is sort of smoothing out the ebbs and flows of your business and creating a lot of consistency, both from having consistent presence and being out there as much as you can. You know, what PR is doing to you is it's introducing you to someone's fans, right? And, And it really is in a way an endorsement. And there's a lot of power to that. So if you're out there consistently, and then you have those long-term effects of having all those links that you build up over time. And so that's why I like to look at PR as something where you're doing for the longevity of your business. It's not necessarily like, oh my God, we are having sales problems right now and I need to get a quick fix, right? No, pick up the phone, send an email and sell in that situation. But if you're looking for a long-term growth plan or you're looking for something really big, you want to do more speaking, you want to get in front of the right people, if you want to get a book deal, you know, PR is the kind of thing you do for those bigger goals in your business that might take a little bit more time to chip away at. This is a critical component of growing your business that we need to point out. Because one thing that I've realized working with people in like limited consulting type roles, I don't do much of it. But when it comes up, it always sells out because I just don't do any of it. And one of the things I consistently see when I work with these people is the inability, and I'm not blaming anyone because I have the same problem, but it's like an inability to stick with things for the long term. And what I mean by that is they need the quick sale. And sometimes they're afraid to admit that. And so they're doing long term strategies, but in a way that is is rushed and they're doing it for a short-term result. And that's a really important distinction that you just made, that PR is a long-term strategy, that guest posting, content creation, you know, whether it's it's yours or you're pitching to someone, a podcast, whatever it is, these are all long-term strategies. You're right, Bridget. This isn't something where if you need a quick cash flow, and Raina can talk more about this because she has a product about cash flow injection, but if you need quick cash flow, PR is not the first place to go. It's certainly something that I think everybody should be working on every day in some capacity, whether that's outsourced through a firm like yours, or you know, just sending a couple pitches every night or every week. But it definitely is a distinction that's worth noting because one, people just don't stick with things for long enough to see the results. And this takes time. I mean, you and I have been working together for it's actually a year, I think, next month. And it's been all those months of work that we're finally starting to see the traffic on our blog pick up because the backlinks are there and people are starting to, you know, go back and revisit old podcasts or just different things are happening to accumulate more visitors to our site based on the PR efforts over the last year. So if you need that quick cash flow, PR is important, but it's probably not the most immediate need in your business. But yeah, I, I'm really, really, I just, I want to highlight that because that's a really critical distinction that you made. And I think it's why people are so scared by PR is because they feel like they have more pressing needs and I guess they need to bring in money, but they also feel this pressure to be visible and to have followers and to have people interested in their platform. And that's all the long-term PR stuff. Yeah. And you know, when I do, so we do work for clients, but we also, I do a lot of training. I have training programs. I've taught on creative live. I do a lot of mentoring of people. 
And I always tell people if they are getting started with PR, it's more important to start slow and be consistent than it is to do a whole bunch of outreach. Because what happens when people get started is they put this overwhelming amount of pressure to build this big podcast outreach list. Like I need to have 50 podcasts or it's not worthwhile. You know, (laughs) it's crazy. It's like even my team gets burnt out doing that kind of thing. So what I recommend to people is just what you're saying. If you're just starting out and you've never done any PR, I always want to recommend podcasts now because it is a lot easier. Like if you do a guest post or a contribution, you have to write that piece of content. For most people, that's harder than just giving an interview. And while we can talk about how you need to customize pitches, it's not like an article where it has to be completely new from scratch. Every time there are elements you can recycle and reuse. And so really, once you get the whole process and system figured out. So that initial learning curve might take you a couple of weeks. You know, you can get a pitch out a week in an hour a week or two hours a week if it takes you a bit longer. And so even less, 30 minutes if you're doing it with really good flow, if you're like a really fast brainstormer and writer. So, you know, if you carve out, like I said, one hour a week, so you say Tuesday morning, I'm going to send out one pitch before I get my work done. And that includes find a podcast, listen to a little bit of their show, write up your pitch and send it out. And then you can move on with your day. And if you think about that one week, that's 52 pitches over the course of the year, or you take vacation and maybe it's 48 pitches (laughs) over the course of the year, you will have so much progress. And that kind of consistency and just normalizing what you're doing, I think is really, really important. And and that goes to what you're saying, Christina, about our work together. Like even with the clients that we work with, you know, I used to do a thing with clients where I would let them start with shorter contracts, like just four months. And what happened was, is that the second we started seeing really good momentum, the contract would come to an end and then we'd have to have that, that dis- discussion about do we continue or don't we? And so now I have six month minimums because you literally, you just, you need to put in the time to see the momentum. And I think anybody who's been in business for any kind of time can understand that momentum begets more momentum, right? The hardest part is getting the engine up and going. But once you're in it and you're this well-oiled machine, it becomes so easy to maintain. So that's why I always recommend to people, just start small, do something really easy and doable, get some results from that, and then you can learn from the results you're getting and do, you know, tweak it and do even better. And that's exactly how we work with clients. And it's how people, I do with clients a few more than one pitch a week, right? But that's exactly the same kind of learning process even we do at the agency that you can do within your own company. You mentioned the little things that like the the little pitches or little things that people can be doing. So, all right, we know that we can be pitching to get on podcasts. We know that we can be pitching to guest blog. What are some other like smaller opportunities that if you're starting out in business, right? Like maybe you haven't even worked with clients yet. What are some things that you might see people doing that are effective at getting the word out to the people that they need? Because you know, if you haven't worked with a client yet, you probably don't need to be on our show, Creative Empire, but you need a client. So what would be like a more effective pitch strategy than to just like pitch podcasts to get a couple brides and interested in your services or something? Yeah, that's such a great question. I mean, I definitely started doing the guest blogging in my company when I had only had a few clients under my belt. But you know, I've been working in PR and agency work for a really long time. And so I don't know necessarily that it's whether or not you have 
clients in your current business, but whether or not you have something to sell, right? Somewhere to send them and a clear point of view. But if you're still working that out, to me, actually, one of the things that I do a lot in my business when I'm trying to drum up interest or even test a concept is I freaking love hosting webinars. (laughs) So... I just think it's really great because I use Crowdcast now and in Crowdcast, there's a chat feature, there's a poll feature, and you can invite people on your list. It doesn't matter how many show up and you kind of get that real-time feedback, like if you build it into your webinar where you can see what they're interested in, where their light bulb moments are, and you can build off of that. And one of the things that is sort of, I don't want to say it's a curse of my business because I am grateful for this, but I only now do webinars to promote my product, which is called Get Booked on Podcast. But like literally every single time I do a product-based webinar, I get emails of like, you know, I don't really want your product. I just want to hire you. And I always end up with a client. <laughs> so I feel like that's kind of a mini version actually of going on a podcast where you can control it and you can work on your messaging and see what flies. I always think of these things kind of as message testing. Another thing you can do is sign up for a free service called Help a Reporter. It's Help a Reporter Out. And I have a a free guide I can send you guys to put in the show notes. I think it's at bridgetlyons.com forward slash Harrow. But what Help a Reporter does is it sends you queries from journalists, and it can be bloggers, it can be people with mainstream media who are looking for people to provide comments for them on stories. And it's everything. It runs the gamut from questions about design to medical questions to dating and relationships. I mean, you get three emails a day digests of all these different people who are looking for sources to be quoted in their stories. And so one thing you can do is just sign up for that and just start skimming that and seeing you know, who there is looking for sources. I had a woman really early on in my business, used my hero guide. And she was in, I think it was the Wall Street Journal actually off of one of those queries for you know her business. But like I said, they really run the gamut on what you can do. And it's a nice way to get started and get some links back. That's so awesome. I think that so many people know about Harrow, but don't know how to write a really great pitch to yeah. be received well, because my guess is that they get a lot of pitches. Do you have any quick pointers besides buying the guide? Well, that is a free guide. It's it's a a blog post. Okay. It's totally free. Yeah. But my biggest tip is actually two tips I'll give you. One is reply immediately. So if you sign up for the Hero Digest, they're going to send you three a day. The first one comes through at like 5 a.m. Eastern. Now, I do not get out of bed before nine o'clock. Like I am a night owl. I do not like mornings. And so I am never going to read the 5 a.m. Eastern Harrow within 15 minutes of when it comes out. And so I just delete it. So that's the number one tip. If you can't read it within 15 to 20 minutes and respond, just delete it and move on. It's not worth your time. Even when they say that they have a deadline of a few days down the line, really it is about the early bird getting the worm with Harrow. And the other thing is just really follow their instructions to the letter. So if they're saying they need a specific kind of expert and you're not that person, move on. And if you are, you know, they'll tell you exactly what you want and you want to give it to them. I like to give them, if somebody is looking for, say, a quote on PR and they're looking for some tips, like I'll just bullet out the tips for them or I'll give them a quote that they can drop in because what they want is something that they can pull from you immediately into an article without doing a lot of back and forth. And so giving them the information in a way that is fast and as complete as they need to use it is really the biggest guideline. But yeah, that's a free guide. And I actually just heard from somebody last week who is in a community name and she used it and she's being quoted in something coming out next week. So it totally works. 
that is awesome. I hope that you guys will go check out the show notes. If you have any questions as to where those are, it's just creativeempire.co. And you can go to our show notes page. You can use that helpful search bar to find Bridget Lyons. And you can find that guide. So this is all really awesome. But to just kind of circle back to the podcast topic, you have seen a lot of success on podcasts yourself with your clients getting on podcasts. I know we work together. I've had a lot of great experiences that have come out of the podcast opportunities that you've pitched me for. When do you think it's the right time in a business? So we talked about like when you're getting started, you need those first few clients. But like, how do you know when you're ready to start pitching yourself for speaking opportunities, whether that's a podcast or maybe a small conference or you know, an educational opportunity, like, how do you go from beginner business owner to, you know, hey, I'm on this cool podcast, or I'm on Creative Live, like, what's the gap there? Fill us in. Yeah, I was literally just talking with somebody and trying to brainstorm this yesterday, because it's so easy for me to meet with somebody. And in 15 minutes, I can tell if they're ready. And it's like, what are those things? And there's some intangibles to them. And I think that they're not exactly what people would think. So very, very bare minimum is if you're going to be pitching yourself to be a guest on a podcast or do any sort of speaking, I think that it's really important that you have just a little bit of a backend system to capture that interest, right? And so what I'm specifically talking about is, you know, get your email list together. So if you're in a stage of your business where you don't have a website, you don't have an email list yet, I wouldn't bother because you're going to go on the show and then the host is going to say, so where can people find you? And you'll have nowhere to send them. And one of the things I always advise to people who I work with is actually, it can be really helpful to have a specific landing page too. So like for this show, I created for you guys, bridgetlyons.com forward slash creative empire with a free download that you can go grab. And I did that for you because, you know, people are going to be interested in, you know, how is it that you go ahead and pitch a podcast? And so I was like, well, what's a resource out of my course that I can give to you? And so for you, what you want to think about is what would I be talking about the podcast and what's the natural next step for somebody who has been talking to me? And as I say that, I think some of those other requirements are actually kind of hidden in that. So when you're actually going out to pitch yourself for opportunities, I think the most important thing is a bit of an intangible. And that is that in some ways, you really need to know your audience better than they know themselves, right? You want to know what their challenges are, what they're struggling with. So whatever it is that you're helping people with, it's a little bit different with artists. Like if you're actually selling paintings or ceramics like that, I don't think it always has to be problem-based. I think then you want to think through, okay, what's my artist story and what's that emotional connection and then send them back to your website. But if you're selling services like I am, like you guys are, you do want to know your audience really, really well and know what are their struggle points and what can I really give them and help them? Because that's what you want to do in your interview. And if you're still struggling to understand your audience and what they're working through, I actually recommend just having some conversations with people who you want to be working with. So say like, I'm looking to work with people in this space. Maybe I want to work with you on business planning or marketing planning or guest blogging or whatever it is. You can get on the phone with them and have like a 30 minute conversation where you actually talk to them about what have you done with this? What haven't you tried? and get to the heart of that. So if you don't know your audience as well as they know themselves or even better, I don't think you're really ready to go into an interview. And so from there too, the other thing I think that 
is so, so important is that if somebody asks you, you know, what is it that you do? Can you introduce yourself? Um, can you tell me about your work? That when it counts, you can really own your work, that you don't equivocate and really struggle to explain the kind of work that you do, where you're not sure what that language is. So if you are go into conversations with people, let's say you go to a networking event and somebody's like, hey, Reina, what do you do? And you're like, uh, well, I, uh, no, <laughs> you got to get that straightened out first. And so there is a level of confidence and the ability to clearly articulate your work that needs to come through. Okay. So we've covered, you need to have your website and your email list. You need to know your audience and have deep empathy for what it is that you're doing for them. And when it counts, you need to build it, turn it on. And I really think that those are kind of the core ingredients. You might never have been on a podcast before. You might literally have just started your blog, but you can totally go out there. I worked with a woman a few years ago. She was in a program that I was co-teaching with a good friend of mine, Tara Gentili. She had literally just launched her blog and she landed two guest posts on Mind Body Green within like the first month of blogging. So one of the things that people think they do need, which you do not need, is already to have these opportunities coming your way. In fact, that's usually not how it happens. Usually you have to put yourself out there. Sometimes people do get discovered and that's really great, but I don't believe in waiting around for things. I think you can go out there, you can promote your work. In general though, it's a good idea to kind of start with smaller shows or smaller platforms. But I mean, I've seen people come out of nowhere. One guy who took my creative life course was running a CrossFit gym on the East Coast and he pitched in, and became a contributor for ESPN.com. So the flip side of that is like, don't limit, <laughs> don't limit your thinking too much. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. So you just talked for like a whole bunch and I felt like we were like watching a webinar or like listening to a webinar, <laughs> like point one, point two, And these are like, this is exactly what you need to be doing in order to pitch any podcast, including ours. And I love what you're saying there and having the confidence is sometimes a little bit difficult and also just like not waiting for permission for somebody else, like to grant you, here you go, like magic wand, like you now may like start to pitch podcasts. It doesn't work like that. Right. So I love what you're saying there. What do you think is the biggest thing that people can do to grow their confidence if they are pretty new at this? Or just maybe what you were saying in terms of like how you can own your work. Do you have like a secret formula in terms of how you show people how to like own their work or maybe have a formula about like, this is what I do or anything like that? Yeah. One of the things that I think is at the root of when people can't own their work is that they're trying to be way, way too inclusive and way too broad. So for example, like when we were talking, I kind of caught myself because I'm like, oh, this is very service provider oriented. And so I just own that. Like This is where that is. We want to talk more about the product people. There is a little bit of a difference with what you want to do. But part of owning your work is actually always keeping your audience in mind. When I was on Creative Live, I was terrified. Oh my God. You guys, when I do public speaking, I literally full body shake. It's horrible. I have like a blackout afterwards. And I have been told by people who I love and really, really trust that I am a very good public speaker. So you wouldn't know it, but my body, I'm like a leaf, like shaking like crazy. And when I was doing Creative Live, my producer, Brian, just said, you know what, Bridget, like I need to give you some real talk right now. Like if you're nervous, you are focused on the wrong person. You should be completely focused on the audience and what you can give them and how you can help them and not focused on you and how you come across. 
And, you know, those are some like hard, tough words to hear. But I think there's an element of truth in that is that what happens when people are equivocating or they're not able to describe what they do is they're not actually thinking about the person that they're speaking to. So when I come on your show and I talk to creative entrepreneurs about my work, is different than if I go and talk to people who do, for instance, who write books, because I also do author PR, right? Those are the two parts of my business. And so what I always do when I'm describing my work is I keep in mind who it is that I'm working with, who's listening, what do I know about them? And I'm just totally focused on them. And so I might stumble on occasion, but ultimately I'm coming with my best intention is to really empower the people who are listening to this episode to feel like they can do it. That is my number one goal is to get more people out there telling their stories, putting their work out there. And so if you're really struggling, I just really want to urge you to think about the person in front of you. And so before going on a podcast, even it can be good practice. I know this is going to be so painful for people, but go to networking events and practice modifying how you talk about your work to the person in front of you or practice with your own family. I mean, the way I describe my work to my grandmother is different than the way I describe my work to my sister is different than the way I describe my work to somebody else in PR. Right. And so that idea that you need to have this perfect language that always is relevant is really, really harmful. And so that's usually where I find that people are struggling is they're not actually customizing enough. I totally agree with that. I actually had a client this morning who had landed a podcast interview and she's recording it probably right now. And she was so nervous and so excited. And I told her, look, the people that you're going to be pouring into can't wait to hear from you. So talk to them and don't worry about like having this formal interview thing. And she was like, okay, you're right. So just keeping what you said earlier was about like have deep empathy for people. And I think once you realize that the people who are listening are just people, it makes it so much easier to share the knowledge that we have trapped inside of our brains. Totally. Totally. I'm really excited about this topic. And like, we could talk about PR from so many different angles and, you know, getting more eyeballs on your stuff, but If somebody is sort of on the cusp of starting to think, okay, I can do one a week. I hope I can pitch it right. What would be like the best way to organize their thoughts or, you know, whatever best practices you have as somebody gets started in terms of the pitching process? Okay. I'm going to take this in. I'm like, can I number this? (laughs) Let's (laughs) webinar this right now. Let me try to take this in steps. So the first thing that you want to do actually is just very quickly, you know, do a brain dump of the different kinds of things that you could speak to. So thinking about who it is that you want to reach, what are the topics that you could speak to? And my very, very best kind of prompt for this is what kind of advice are your people, right? The people you want to work with, the people you want to serve, what kind of advice are they getting that you feel like is just bogus, right? Where is conventional wisdom really harming your people? That's the service-oriented product people. Your best bet actually are to go on podcasts who are focused on like the artist story, the artist journey. And so that's really about you is like what is really compelling about your story. And once you have some ideas about that, What you can do then is do a search for podcasts that talk about those topics. So the product people, again, it's really easy. You can look at like, 
artist interviews, creative entrepreneur interviews. And literally when I say those words, what I'm saying is if you have an iPhone, go into the podcast app and search those words. Or if you don't have an iPhone, search artist interviews, iTunes. And the reason I'm suggesting this specifically with iTunes is because iTunes is a search engine. So just like Google and YouTube are search engines, iTunes is designed to be that because they want the content to be really discoverable. So you have to have first that framework of what is it that I could go talk about, very broad strokes, very general language. So I'll use Christina as an example. Christina, you know, we were working to pitch her to get um, people to know about the contract templates that she did. And so you can go into iTunes and search legal advice, iTunes, contract templates, iTunes, how to create a contract, iTunes, right? And then what you're doing is you're trying to find podcasts that cover your topic. Now, if you're doing one a week, what I always recommend is just find one. Find one that is a really good pitch or really good fit. And then you want to write an email that suggests yourself as a guest to that specific podcast. And so when you're writing that email, what you want to do, my very best tip for that, I have some templates around this, but look at the show notes. So everyone always tells you to listen to the episodes and you totally should listen to an episode of a podcast at least before you pitch it for the first time. But when you're actually coming up with what you can pitch them, look at their show notes and look at how are they structured? What's the tone and feel? Because when you pitch a podcast, what you want is for your email pitch to them that suggests you as a guest to look and feel like an episode that fits right in their show. So if they have show notes that focus on takeaways, right, on this episode we talked about and they bullet things out, send them an email that says, I'd love to come on your show and talk about and bullet those things out. If they focus on somebody's story and really talk about, you know, a before and after story, then tell your before and after story in your pitch to them and just make it really clear from the start. So you'd say, hey, Raina and Christina, I'm emailing you because I'd love to come on Creative Empire to talk about X, right? And then use those show notes as your guide to put the rest of that pitch together. Because going back to empathy, what you want to do is give that podcaster a piece of content that they can just slot right in. You know, most podcasters are doing shows every single week. And so they are always looking for more people to be interviewing. Most of us don't know enough people, right, to keep a podcast going for multiple years. And so that's really how I recommend you start, that you kind of come up with what are some topics that people will be interested in? What are some misconceptions that's a really great place to start? Or what aspect of my personal story is super relatable and compelling? And then find a show that wants to talk about it and then suggest yourself. And then the very next week, what you can do is actually look at podcast suggestions that are related to podcasts that you first did. So in iTunes, they'll say shows like this one and kind of go down that rabbit hole until you find another one. Take that pitch out. Don't start from scratch. Tweak it and send it out. And that's how you kind of build up that habit of getting yourself out there. It definitely is a habit. And if you're like me and you just can't do it, you have to outsource it. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is is this cumulative effect and effort. So this is all really, really awesome information. Thank you, Bridget. I would encourage all of you to go check out the free resources Bridget has provided. And I would encourage you to check out her creative live courses because before I hired her, I did that. And I was just like, wow, okay, yes, good good stuff here. I'm going down the right path. 
And so I don't know what your availability is to work with new clients, but at least all of you can have access to Bridget's brain through the offerings that she has and that are on our show notes. So Bridget, as you are looking ahead to your future creative empire, what do you see and what are you excited about? Well, I am really, really all in about just systematizing things and like getting all of this knowledge that I have in my brain, right, into paper. And so this is a little bit of a cheat because I'm already working on it. But one of the things that's been so amazing for me, both in building my business and training people is just like looking and deconstructing how I naturally do things having worked in this in 15 years and writing it down and making sure people can replicate it. And so that's my focus right now through the end of this year and next year is really to get all of that creative capital out of my head into our systems. I have a couple of part-time people working for me now, and I am looking to build up our team so that we can take on more clients so that we can offer more products. And so my creative empire moving forward in the next year or so is growing and I'm really, really thrilled for it. And where can people find you other than our show notes? What website, social, all that should they check out? Yeah. So I am Bridget Lyons everywhere, which it's hard to spell, but if you Google it, it'll come up. So BridgetLyons.com is my website. That's I'm also have some fun on Instagram. You can also go to BridgetLyons.com forward slash creative empire. And this is where I've excerpted one of the lessons actually from my get booked podcast, which is my turnkey program that takes you exactly through a podcast booking system and teaches you how you can do it or how you can have a VA do it for you. But it it takes out an early exercise from the program, which actually helps you figure out what those podcast interview topics should be. Because that's where people I find get really, really stuck early. It's like, oh my God, what am I going to talk about? And I promise you there is something that you can talk about. There is a podcast that goes into every single niche and every single topic. And it's just about getting that information out of your head. So I would love it if you check it out. And if, you know, Christina, you mentioned whether or not I can work with people, my contact information is on the website. And if you email me, I'm always really responsive. And, you know, if you want to work with me, just send me an email. Lovely. And I am hoping that all of you are inspired to go out there and build your creative empire through leveraging other people's platforms and leaning on other people to support you in your business and building your creative empire. Are you ready to build your own empire? For more information, show notes, downloads, and tips on how to do it, head to www.creativeempire.co where you can find out more about this week's episode and the two lovely ladies behind it all, encouraging you to build your own creative empire. If you enjoyed this week's show, it would mean so much to Raina and Christina if you could take two minutes to go to iTunes and leave a review. It's a little thing that makes a big difference for the show. 